Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up, world? Hey, welcome to season two of Being Benny. Um, crazy, crazy day today is November third, uh, election day. Um, I will say this: go out and vote. I voted for the first time ever in my life because I know how big uh, this is for society, for humanity, and just you know what I'm saying for the world right now. Uh, we, we're still in this pandemic, but we, we're creeping out. Uh, it's a lot of crazy things going on. So I wanted to do start season two on this day because today is going to be the day of change. I do believe that. And um, I am your host, <laughs> Benny Pitts, a.k.a. Lil Daddy, a.k.a. Lil Nasty. Um, this is an amazing show today. I have to say this. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. And when the stars line up, it lines up for the best of your benefit. We're all here for a purpose. I need everybody's reach deep 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 down find out what your purpose is and boom and run for it like your life depends on it because your life do really depends on it uh i said that to say this um i went and i was doing some um some crowd in- anticipation going to watch and uh pen and teller which is i am a fan of magic and i just thought it was just a regular day i was just gonna watch pen and teller and you know i'm gonna see some cool tricks and i get it for motivation so when i watch magic in a way it reminds me of um comedy stand-up comedy because you're kind of pull, pulling the wool over someone's eyes and um yo man act after act after act i was seeing it and it was this young guy that came out no he didn't come out with no drums no knife no hat no rabbit in the hat no nothing he just came out and i was like what the fuck <laughs> he just came out and it was just him and so already me watching Penn and teller I was drawn into like, okay, what is going to be his next trick? Well, what is going to be his trick? So he came out and he had a quarter and he said, I'm going to do a trick with a quarter. And I'm like, what the hell? And he pulled the wool over our eyes. He did this amazing trick uh, with this quarter. And it's the hardest thing to fool anybody watched it, but the hardest thing, a pen and teller, they had the, uh, I guess they had the results, and they asked Allison, and it came back, it came back again, it came back, and boom! Here it was. Wes Isley was the winner of Penn and Teller, and I didn't think nothing of it. I was, oh, that's what's up, little short white guy. <laughs> he, won, he won some big bucks. Didn't think nothing of it. I was uh, doing my promotion job for Light Nightclub, walking down, and I ran into this man right here with his wife and his child. I was like, oh, this is a guy that won Penn and Teller. Uh, and I just walked up and said, yo, man, I was in the audience and I saw you win. Congratulations. He's like, wow, I'm actually shooting a reality show today. And yo, do you think you can say that on camera? And I was like, yeah. And boom, we've there. And boom, we exchanged numbers. And I said all that to say this. The stars line up. He's a good friend of mine. He's a motivator, motivation to me. He's a mentor now. And he's uh, my token white friend. Y'all, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Wes. Woo! <laughs> token white friend. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's good to have the table turned every once in a while, you know? <laughs> My bad on the long no, intro. you're good, man. You're good. You're good. How you feeling, man? I'm doing great, man. Doing real good. Uh, I'm sick of this pandemic. I'm ready to work, but uh, we're doing good, man. Yeah, for I, sure. I'm beyond blessed. I know a lot of my magician friends are out of work and won't be back into the business. I know comedy is the same way. A lot of them, yeah, this sure. is going to wean out who's uh, who's tough and who's uh, who can do it and who can't do it. And um, yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. we're gonna we're gonna find out who who's who's got it after this is all over. Um, 
we're going to find out what you're really made yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, in 2008, when the economy went crazy, uh, we had our best year ever. And I looked at my wife and wow. I said, honey, we're going to be all right. If we made it through that, we're going to be all right. And uh, luckily yeah. through this pandemic, man, I mean, yeah, we've been draining our savings, but we've had shows come in. We've done virtual shows. Um, yeah, and, sure. And we've had, you know, we had a, a fall show uh, on a farm in October, which had, I don't know, a okay. thousand people come through this farm every single day to pick pumpkins. Wow. And they were able to social distance and watch a magic show. So, uh, yeah. So that, that is amazing. All October. Wow. Wes, I'm over here with my good friend, Wes. Uh, man, I was talking about that Penn and Teller moment. And we're talking about being in a pandemic and making it throughout. Uh, we're survivors, man. We're definitely going to see through this. I think change is going to come from this. I think God is in control. So, I mean, we're worrying, but we really have nothing to worry about. That's what I, I do believe. But I do want to touch a little bit on that moment when you won Penn and Teller. Well, first of all, it was a half dollar. It wasn't a quarter. No, but um, what was it like, man? You acting like I was up there with you. you I just saw a dollar. coin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I had him examine the coin. It's it's a regular half dollar. You could still get him at banks today. It's just a bigger coin, so you'll see it flip on stage. If you did that with a quarter, you wouldn't see hardly anything. But back in a five hundred seat auditorium like they had there. Uh, but what was it like for me? It was um. It was crazy. It was surreal. It was like, did it happen? Did I just dream that? Because I've been planning on this day for so long. Uh, talking to the producers, yeah. going over every little bit of the segment for months and months on end. And then um, they gave me the trophy and I carried it back to my room, but I couldn't tell anybody. So it's like hitting the lottery and not be able to tell anybody anything until, you know, five months later when it airs. And then it's like in your heart, it's old. It's old news because it happened five months earlier. Wow. What was it like uh, to have the trophy? You won. Uh, you fooled Penn & Teller. For, for a musician, that's like a magician's dream to fool Penn & Teller. But you can't tell nobody. It was awful. It was, it was, it was awful, <laughs> man. And, you know, I, I, have a, I have a magic room in my house with a secret panel. And I told them at this thing, I said, I'm going to hide it behind the secret wall in my magic room. And, oh, that sounds so cool. But then I'm, I'm a kid, man. So anybody comes over to my house. They look at my magic room. They're like, oh, this is awesome. I said, yeah, well, you haven't seen anything yet. And a number of times I opened up that secret panel and I'm like, oh, crap, don't look. And then I had to hide the trophy. And then I'm like, mm, I wonder what they thought I was hiding back there. You know, their brains were swirling. They didn't know what kind of stuff I was hiding behind that wall. They probably thought it was like some some bodies back there or something. <laughs> Who knows what they thought, you know, man. Just... Yeah. Some kind of uh, marital <laughs> aids or something. I have no idea. <laughs> Wes, um, what's that thought that's going through your mind when uh, Penn and Teller said you fooled us? Dude, it was, it was surreal. I'm lucky my wife and daughter were in the audience that night watching because they were able to tell me stuff that I didn't know or I didn't say or, you know, hey, look, when I won, did, did the fool us sign show up behind me or did they put that in post? Did they put that in editing? And they were like, no, it was there. Okay, so. No, yeah, it was there. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I could I ask them different stuff like that. So that was cool. And then, you know, all I know that night is what happened when I was on stage. So what happened to this guy? How did this guy do? You know, I'm downstairs in a loading area for five hours with the, the four other acts. And I got to know them pretty well. And mm -hmm. some of them I knew ahead of time. Well, how was his act? What did he do? You know, and they were able to fill me in. Because if I went there by myself, man, you go, it would have been a, not that much fun of a trip. 
because I'm in a loading area. Yeah. I come out, do a 10 minute spot on stage, and you're asked to leave the theater. Wow. So, you know, I got a lot more experience out of it having my wife and daughter there because they could fill me in on every little detail. That is so dope. I, I my, myself, is a, a fan of magic. I'm a fan of Penn Teller. That's why I was there that night. Uh, I've been following for some time now. What made, what made me like a huge fan is when I moved to Vegas and actually started going to the shows, I was just, man, I was just at awe what a magician has to go through. Uh, me personally, I think magic by far is one of the hardest arts. People say it's stand up comedy. Um, I don't know. Being a magician is like, what the fuck? I mean, yeah, if you're, <laughs> you know if you're I mean? writing comedy, uh, writing comedy and writing magic sets and coming up with your own stuff. It's the same skill set. If you can stand up in front yeah. of people and do magic, you can do stand-up comedy. But for me, yeah, for me sure. to stand up and do 30 minutes or 20 minutes of, of stand-up, I don't have that. I don't have that skill of telling jokes. Um, I, I have, okay. you know, Even if it was a half dollar and a piece of paper, I still have that to fall back on. You know, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's one of those things. But you said, what, what did I like best about Fool and Penn and Teller? It was, you know, the, the yeah. craziness afterwards of one of the producers saying, hey, uh, Penn Gillette would like to um, call you. Is, is it OK if he calls you? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone. I'm on the phone with Penn and he's telling me how much he loves it. And he's asking me questions about the trick because I told him I give him permission to do it. He said he loved the trick. Mm -hmm. It was his favorite act all season. I said, man, if you want it, it's yours. I'll give you the trick. I, I'll sell it to you. Do whatever. I'll give you the rights to it. Whatever you want me to do. And so he was calling, asking questions about how it worked and everything. And um, as I filled him in, he said he's going to use the trick. And then not only wow. in a private email did he say I was his favorite act of the season, but he went on his podcast and told people I was his favorite act of the season. The beginning of my podcast the best. is Penn Gillette saying, I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. Dude, my dad died when I was 25. Having this guy I've looked up to my whole life wow. pat me on the back, it means the world to me. Wow. That is so real. That's so real. Uh, do you feel right now you're living your dream? Oh, 100%. And, you know, I always thought, you know, wow. I, I still feel like a kid, Vinny. Um, I'm, I'm 42, but I feel like a kid. And I go back to school and wow. I'm trying to tell people, you know, don't worry about what your guidance counselor tells you. You go for what you want to do. Like I said, my dad died when I was 25. One of the last things he told me was uh, life is short. And every day is a constant reminder. Look back at high school. Look back at college. It seems like yesterday, but it was a long time ago. And um, time wow. flies by, man. So if you're not doing what you love, you're doing this whole journey wrong, man. Wow. That says from the from the great West. High. No, I mean, come on. I mean, why not, why why clock into a job that you hate? Because of health insurance? Yeah. You can do whatever yeah. you want. You just got to figure out a way to do it. You know, now this is this is true. It's, it's just all about strategizing. You might not be you might not be a professional football player. You might not be be the president, but you can have a podcast talking about politics, and you're still doing what you love. Uh, wow! You know what I mean? look, look at you dropping Jews today. I'm telling you the truth, man. Man, um, Wes, every time we get on the phone, man, uh, since the day we met, you've um, I don't know your energy, man. The, the spirit is just we're we're short guys. You're about five two, right? Five five. <laughs> give me, give me every inch I got, man. My wife, my wife's five ten, man. Give me every inch I got. Oh, hey, and a tall women like me too. So we, we had that. In there you go. Uh, we're short guys. You saw I tried to make it five two like <laughs> me, right? <laughs> but um, we're tall guys with uh, with 
big personalities and that just oh god I me mean, and you man just the constant of being positive and um you know motivational and and you're ju- you just had a set of twins yeah. you're married you you had a daughter how do you juggle the, being a magician which is to me one of the hardest arts ever uh being a father a husband new set of twins and still got time to call benny every monday and be like benny where's your newsletter and i'm like oh man my bad well I was at a party last night. Well, see, see <laughs> Benny, I'm going to tell your listeners right now, Benny is an awesome dude, but Benny gets in his own way. He could be a huge superstar <laughs> if he would just drop everything and just devote 100% of everything <laughs> he's got to comedy. Um, yeah, I, I totally believe that, dude. And I'm talking out of school because we didn't talk about this ahead of time. But, you know. You need to do do comedy one hundred percent, man. That's it, day, night, everything. Um, you got to live it, breathe it, and have no fallback plan. You just got to go for it, man. That's the only way to do it. Because if you have a, you know, in magic and in comedy, if you have a real job and you get promoted, well, now you're getting you're getting more responsibility. You're getting more money, but you're getting more responsibility. But then that carrot gets further away of being that magician, being that full time comedian, you know. And I've seen that happen so many times, man. And you are so freaking funny. You're so awesome. You're so fun to be around. We just need the world to see it, man. And man, I, I want to be there. I, need I want to be there when you blow up and and you know shake your hand and say, "See, I told you so." <laughs> well, I need that, man. Thank you, thank you, man. It's iron sharp as iron. Uh, um, I feel like I'm 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 arriving. I feel like I'm bubbling. I feel like I'm coming into my season. You know. Um, I feel like it's it's time, you know, um, you know when it's time. And I feel like it's it's time for both of us. And I feel like we met for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Me and Wes, we do this thing where we talk to each other every Monday. We just started and he's giving me tips and stuff that he do. And you being married and having kids and having a new set of twins just showed me just the last couple of weeks or a month that we've been doing this is I have no excuse. So, I mean, I had to figure it out, man. The, the twins are a month old. And one of the first things <laughs> okay. I asked her was like, all right, well, when do I work out? When is my free time? Uh, you know, we didn't know how to do twins. We don't know anybody that has twins. Twins doesn't run in our family, doesn't run in her family. We didn't take special fertility treatments or anything. It was just a freak thing. We had twins. All right, now what? You just go to the next thing. Um, you know, I do four in a, in a normal year. I do 400 shows a year. I take my daughter with me. Sure. She, she's eight years old, almost nine. And she's seen it all. She went to Vegas. She goes to the British Embassy and performs when we do uh, Christmas parties there our resort shows. She's a part of the show because if I left her at home, I would never see her. Somebody would put her on the school bus and take her uh, and pick her up for daycare. I'd never see my kid. So we take her on the road with us. We're planning on taking the the babies with us too. Um, All the Mm. shows I had last month, we took the babies with us. At one point this weekend, we had a a show at this beautiful event and I looked over and my daughter's holding one baby and my wife's holding the other one behind the curtain. And they're both trying to comfort the baby. So I'm supposed to do something with my wife at the next part of the show. But I just called an audible and just did a trick that I do by myself again. So we just make it work, oh. man. If they're both screaming, she can't come up on stage and help me. When we do our, when we do our big <laughs> illusion shows uh, where I'm putting my wife in a box and making her disappear, reappear in the back of the audience, we bring a babysitter on the road with us. So the babysitter can be in the dressing room hanging out with the kids. But um, yeah, most when it's just a small show, we just make it work, man. But, you know, when we first uh, had them, I was like, all right, well, how do you do twins? All right, how about this? I get one, you get one, and we're both like single parents. That sounded logical. 
But after we were both up 24 hours the first day, we were like, all right, that doesn't work. So how about this? I got daytime. You got nighttime. But they're babies. So they sleep a lot. So that's good. And then, um, you know, she has to feed them every three hours around the clock anyway. So she's setting an alarm to be up all night long. So she takes lots of naps during the day. We just make it work, man. Yeah, I'm a napper myself. Uh, Shouts out to the napper. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, what was what? Okay, I need you to, to drop a little of that inspiration right now too, because there's a lot of artists, big and small, up, upcoming and major artists, that's kind of suffering right now because of the pandemic. How did you keep that mindset? You just want Penn and Teller. You just fooled them. You got 200 shows on the books, and boom, boom, a pandemic hit us, and now we're at the house, and we're doing podcasts, and we're trying to figure it out, and. I, like me, I had a 30 city tour I was about to do. I had two pilots that I, I was like, hey, uh, a club promotion. I see y'all when I see y'all. I'm, I'm going to L.A. for uh, six months to do pilots and doing this. And and boom, I'm, I'm in the house growing a beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that, too. Mine How came in really mentally... great. I, I gave up on that thing. You said what? Mine came in real great. I gave up on that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mine actually came in. All right. All so. right. I, I ain't gray yet. <laughs> so men- mentally, man, what, what got you through this? If I look back, another thing that I like to do, just to, it's not it's not promotion to, to shout it from the rooftops. But I have a list of accomplishments, dude. I have uh, yeah, you know, sure. I did an upside down straitjacket escape and at a county fair. I was five stories in the air, uh, hoisted upside down with a cherry picker in front of a thousand people. That was a checklist. I wanted to do that. That's on my bucket list. Um, we do a charity show where I produced a car for a lady in need. We had about 300 people in the parking lot surrounding me. Um, I brought out a banner that had my name in the back of it. I, I produced a toy car for the lady. And I said, I have a gift for you. Not this car. This car. They dropped the banner and a car appeared. And we gave her the car. Wow. You can see that. It's uh, Wes Isley's Magic the Giving Project, episode 15. Um, I pulled Penn and Teller. I have done, you know, I, I have my own television show on Jewel TV. It's a reality show that follows my family around doing 400 shows a year. I have all these check marks, dude. I've done all these things and so many more. But what, what, what out of all the things you've done, what, what is the biggest accomplishment so far? I mean, probably fooling Penn and Teller just because they're Penn and Teller. And I've, I've okay. grown up looking, looking forward to them, loving them my whole life. Um, but. You know, there's always there's always stuff in the back of your mind. How do you fool somebody? That you don't know what they know. How do how do I go? These people are older than me. They've been in business together as a team longer than I've been alive. Who am I mm. to think that I'm going to come up with something that they don't know? You know what I mean? That, but you did. That was pretty awesome. But that's like I told a doctor friend of mine. That's like you curing cancer. You've got a doctorate. Mm. Why don't you cure cancer? You should know what. Why can't you do that? That's me approaching yeah. Penn and Teller. I just went there to do the best job I could. And, dude, um, it was awesome. We did a little standoff at the end. He challenged me. And uh, that's what made the scene is when Penn stood up and challenged me. Uh, he said, uh, I bet you can't flip it again to make me lose or something. And I was like, well, stand up and play the game, sir. And we played the game and Penn lost, which killed me because I wanted him to win. But he wanted to lose. So I had to win that trophy, man. I saw it all. I saw it all. Um, what would you tell a young magician that's coming up? You know, the struggle of being a magician. Magicians one one of those things. It's kind of like being a comedian. Like when I was coming up, and I was telling people 
hey, I'm trying to be a comedian. It's kind of, whoo, you know, that's not really a good career choice. Like you said, have a backup plan. Have You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, this, what do you tell that young magician that's watching people like you and Penn and Teller that say, I can make it? A young person, I would tell him to have a backup plan. Benny Pitts, I would tell him, drop all backup plans. You don't have any other choice unless you want that backup plan. <laughs> when you have a backup plan, dude, you know in the back of your mind it's there. I can, always, okay. I can always get a job at Walmart if things get bad. Okay, now I got to stop you because you're on my back. Why, why are you telling Don't say it because you're on the, uh, on being Benny. Why are you telling Benny Pitts? You look at Benny Pitts in the face saying, don't have a backup plan. Don't have a backup. Because you're good, dude. You you have yeah. it. There's an it factor. There's an it factor you see with people, and you have that it factor, dude. Yeah, And you have a man, crossover, you. man. You were talking about I'm your token white friend. You could perform in white audiences. You can perform in black audiences. You have a crossover thing, man. You got it. You got it. You got the it thing, dude. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, and that's man, why that's you. why I was attracted to you and saying, hey, look, all right. Um, so why aren't you doing this? You know, why aren't you bigger than who you are? Let's talk about it. How's your marketing? So what would I tell a young person coming up? I have a degree in marketing myself. You have to promote mm. yourself. Um, mm. The show is one thing. You can you can rent a theater anybody in the world i don't care if you work at, at ihop you're a waitress at ihop you can rent a theater to sell tickets to sing songs on a on a friday night because anybody can do that now sell it out it takes talent to sell it out and it might not be uh she's the best singer in the world but if her marketing skills are good enough she can sell out that place now, selling it out a second time, that's different because people are going to see through her and say, oh, she sucks, but uh, she tricked us. We got some tickets. You have to be able to sell those tickets, man. So, got to. So I got a, I got a, um, a publicist that helps me because uh, mm-hmm. my job is to uh, work on new stuff, come up with new shows, and do the marketing side of business. My publicist goes out there, gets me in the paper, gets me press, gets me on radio, television, and podcasts. And then my wife does all the bookings of the shows, and she's also my assistant in the show. So I have a little team that that gets get gets me done to do four hundred shows a year. Wow! Yeah, wow. This this is like marketing one on one. This is no. Every time I talk to you, it's it's bigger than just hey a podcast. It's just like you got me going in my phone and doing them notes. And uh, man, I think behind every uh, strong person or every uh, superstar celebrity there's a team so you have that team behind you and you're, you're formulating creating some stuff that i didn't even know uh i had in myself and you helping me tap in man that is just amazing but i think every, <laughs> every good business relationship has to have a win-win situation so yeah. not only does my publicist make money but i'm also looking out for her if i see something that comes up i'm just taking care of my friend yeah she's on the payroll but i'm taking care of her so um, I signed a deal with Jewel TV. They're airing my television show called West Isley's Magic Life that follows my family around doing 400 shows a year. They put out a listing saying, hey, they're looking for a, uh, a host to do red carpet stuff. I told her to call them. Guess what? My publicist is now working for the same television company I'm working for. So, I mean, it's just mm. you're looking out for your friends. It's a win-win situation, man. And uh, Man, that's dope. Your wife is your your manager, right? Yep, she takes care of all the bookings, man. All the contracts, all the bookings. She has to figure out, you know, 400 shows a year. So we have seven shows on a Saturday. How do we get from show number one to show number five and make it on time to all of them? Plus, thank God for wife. Yeah, right? plus plus <laughs> lugging three kids around. 
plus stopping for potty breaks and, and, you know, lunch breaks and all that stuff, man. She programs it all in. It, she's got it down to an art. Mm, and my thing is, is, I don't crazy. even try to know my schedule. So people are like, hey, what are you doing next week? I don't know. Let me ask my wife. Well, it's on the calendar, but yeah, but that doesn't, that just says show. That doesn't say, you know, this time to this time to this time and then this and this and this. And she has that all laid out, dude. Mm. So are you trying to tell me to get a wife? <laughs> I'm telling you, get somebody to take care of you. Get somebody that believes in you as much as I believe in you, dude. Man, that's, that's real. Yeah. But we're talking about Wes right now. Enough about Benny. I know it's being Benny. Wes, I'm actually this, and this is just way less field. When the last time you cried? Uh-huh. Um I don't know. My mom died a couple years ago. Probably Wow. Probably then. I get I get like emotional about different things. I tried to cry okay. after um after Fool Us. I went in my hotel room and I'm holding this thing and I'm like I should be a, a thing of emotion. I should be, you know, cuz my wife and daughter are still watching the show. So I go in there and, and I'm like mm. I laughed out loud and welled up a little bit and I was overwhelmed but I didn't know what to do with it but I didn't cry you you're not a crier you don't oh man I mean yeah I can cry <laughs> no I'm just getting the listeners to get to know you a little yeah, bit no hey I'm a I'm a dude I'm a, I, I'm a grown man but I feel like a kid and I, yeah. my daughter will tell you she's seen me cry she says I'm a, okay. I'm an ugly crier dude I think my daughter will tell you that that makes that makes, that makes both of us. <laughs> I don't cry much. I don't cry much, uh, but when I do cry, I am I am ugly. Like <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> ugly, ugly. Uh, Wes, what's your favorite food, dude? It, it depends on the day, man. My daughter would my daughter, <laughs> my daughter would tell you it's ketchup because I put ketchup on everything. But um, so you so your ketchup, my favorite shit is hot sauce, bro. Mm. I love hot sauce. Hot sauce just hurts you the next day. That's what yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> it doesn't love me. Yeah, that's what kills you. Hot sauce is fun going down. It's not fun coming out. Oh, my God. It doesn't love me, mm. but I love hot sauce. So your ketchup, I'm hot sauce. Okay. There you go. Um, Favorite movie? <sighs> Dude, I, there's so many. Anything, uh, anything Superman, even though uh, there hasn't been a uh, Awesome Superman movie. See, I, it's going back to my dad, man. I lost my dad early on. He introduced me to Superman. My kids all have like a Superman-esque type to their name. I have I have Lana, mm. I have Lex, and I have uh, Clark. Uh, Clark's the middle name. But um, yeah, so uh, it just makes me think of my dad. So Superman. And not because they're the best movies. Everybody thinks Marvel's better. Marvel's are great movies, but uh, yeah. Superman, because I, I like it on different levels. Mm, things that make you angry come off very bubbly, very happy-go-lucky. What's something that's like, oh, incompetence, incompetence. Back. When I okay. go somewhere, when I go somewhere and people don't do their job, it it drives okay. me nuts because I do everything I can to put out a good product. And um, okay. when I go somewhere and man, service is awful or. How about this? I got a wife that's nine months pregnant uh, with twins. Well, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to the Cheesecake Factory. And because of COVID, they wouldn't let her sit at the bar. There's nobody at the bar. But they want her to stand on her feet for, you know, an hour wait. And then I asked the manager, wow. I said, there's a chair right there. Can I just grab that chair and take it outside? No, you cannot. 
her feet are swelling up by the second. And it's like, she really wanted Cheesecake Factory, dude. I'm trying to take care of my wife. And it's like, you're not taking care of your customers, man. It just, it, you're not taking care yeah, of me. You know what? Yeah. You're not taking care of my wife that's got, that's actually in pain from her ankles swelling up. And that just, you take wow. care of your customers. You should have been like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I am. Well, I don't, and I don't want to be like that. That is just common sense. All right. So here's the other thing, man. There's a, a waiting area and all these people sitting down, nobody gave up their seat for my wife. And, um, wow. and then when the manager, when I asked the manager twice about a chair, you know, he was too busy to do other things. And it's like, I'm not asking a lot, dude. I can see the bar right here. There's 30 chairs there. Can I just take a chair outside right. for her to sit down? That kind yeah. of stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> we just, I know I'm actually just random. I like to do this on being no, Benny, no. just getting people. No, you talk about the stuff that irritates me, man. I get fired up again. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's change the subject. Hey, hey listen, Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> next time. <laughs> hey, if you, um, if I was a genie and I can grant you any wish with just one wish, what would it be? Oh, that is so hard. Dude, I don't know. It's one I wish. Don't know. I don't have a clue. Um, Come on. Say- you got one wish. wish. <laughs> I, I, come back to that one. Come back to that one. I'll think of that one. I don't, right, have, right, I don't you know have an answer. If I said money. Listen, money listen. Check this. Check this. Check this. This is what we're going to do. We're going to save that one. And I, that's how we're going to close the show. When, when, when I'm the genie. We're gonna save that one. Put that uh, to the corner. All right. Well, here's a here's, a, here's my uh, answer just... for that though. Kinda. If I said you know a, a billion dollars, here's another thing about how mm-hmm. passionate I am about being a magician. I would still want to do magic shows. They still do magic. Absolutely. I, I literally just told my friend. I said, no matter if I was rich, no matter if I was poor, no matter if I would, I don't care what I'll do. I will. I will always still just do comedy. That's how I know I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife said, uh, all right, if we hit the lottery, can we do a little less shows? Do we have to do 400 a year? Uh, yeah, honey, but, but we're still doing them. We're still going to do shows. <laughs> yeah, we can do 399. Right, right. We can do 399. <laughs> um, Wes, uh, I look up to you as a friend. I look up to you as a mentor. I can call you my big brother now. What is uh, what is a day with Wes Isley like? Uh, I usually get up before my wife. And I uh, cook breakfast for her. So lately, she's been having breakfast in bed. I make breakfast for my little girl. I have uh, chickens out back. I have uh, bunny rabbits and doves. So I'll go. Uh, I'll go collect fresh eggs to make breakfast. And, um, wow. Feed 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 my family, and then uh, get up and okay. feed the animals. As a real- and then go to the office and uh, get some work done. Try to do some social media stuff. Try to uh, try to get something done. Try to make 10 contacts a day. I'll tell you all about that later on. And then... Um, mm. 10 contacts a yeah. day. I'm, I'm right now. And then uh, and then it, it's play by ear. What does my wife have scheduled with kids' doctor's appointments, her doctor's appointments, uh, dentists, and all kinds of different things? What's on the agenda today, honey? And she'll tell me my schedule, and then we'll try to make go from there, man. Uh, we okay. Have, we have Magic Shop on our website, uh, westisley.com. So if there's magic orders I have to fill, I'll get those. I'll take those to the post office. But I finally figured out when to work out, dude. And I've been working out hard the past two weeks. And I've been working, I've wow. been working out from uh, 11 to midnight. Because uh, that's mm. my wife's last uh, feeding of the kids. So she's busy. And my other little girl, um, I just tucked her in probably about 
and then I'll go to the gym and work out until midnight. So, how you feel? How you feel? Uh, two weeks of working out. I'm feeling good, dude. I mean, I'm getting older, so things are different. Um, I used to be, I used okay. to be able to jump into a workout set, yeah, like where I left off. And uh, at 42, you can't do that. So uh, you just start off a little slower, but every day increase it, and doing great, loving it. I got, I got some, I got that some is... COVID gut going on, so I'm trying to get rid of that as well. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, we all picked up weight. Yeah, COVID. but <laughs> and my wife started baking, dude. We're never home, so we never have groceries in the house. And uh, she started okay. making, you know, apple pie with ice cream for dessert, and pumpkin pie, and cookies, and then my little girl wanted to make cookies with her and muffins and. So we're having all these, you know, and they worked hard making this stuff. I can't let it go to waste. Mm. <laughs> and there comes the COVID. There you now. go. <laughs> Wes, okay, so we we're 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 thinking ahead now. We got I got my listeners that got to get to know you a little better better. They know you like ketchup. They know you like people that do their job. They know you want to be a superhero, which in my eyes you already are. Um Yo, what's next after this pandemic? How we how we hit in twenty twenty one? Wes Isley and his um, as the big name musician that you are, dude. I just want to I just want to work after after COVID, man. I don't care what kind of show I get. I just want to work. Um, all my resorts got canceled. Um, you know, it's just I don't know. I I want to do a theater tour. I want to go around and uh, just do theaters for a while. Uh, but we'll see what happens, man. Because uh, everybody's been put on hold for a long time. So I don't know if theaters are going to be double booked or they're going to be empty. And we just have to wait till this COVID thing's over to figure out what they're going to be like. Man, that is so real. Like, I, um, man, when you see people like Dave Chappelle playing 300 seater comedy clubs, it's kind of like, wow. But I mean, here's the thing um, the, the, all the, all the star entertainers, are they going to all want to be back on the road hard? So they're all going to try to book uh, theaters. Or is everybody just going to be like, mm, well, we don't have a lot of money right now, so we'll just wait and let it build up. I don't, I'm ready to go out gangbuster, man. I'm ready to just hit it hard. Because people are chomping at the bit for entertainment, man. Um, you were telling me your comedy clubs were booming and people's reactions were you know, crazy, over the top, just nuts. You know what's crazy? We haven't even fully did our, our um, grand opening. We haven't did a grand opening. We're literally just doing private shows. Uh, I have my Sin City Sunday that I do. Um, I got my my good friend Alex. I got a 15 year old uh, comedian called Koda Bonhakovich. He's my mentee, if you as you say. He's selling out shows like you know for for the best of his ability. Tickets is going 20 bucks. We're selling out between 60 to 100 tickets. You know what I mean? I, I do my Sin City Sunday. We're selling like our last show. Me and Koda, the 15 year old kid, he headlined. I, I MC. We. It was standing room only. It was unbelievable. Uh, um, it's just to do it in a time like where COVID is, where, you know, it's a max of what people come out and people's coming out. So I'm I'm actually optimistic about um, 2021. But I do think this when it's open is man, the, the, the horses were running out of. This. Yeah. I mean, so, so what I keep hearing about the uh, the pandemic of what, 19, 19, 19, 19 or something. They said that's what that's what led into the roaring twenties, man. People were sick of being pent up at home, and they went wild, man. So wow. I, I'm hoping, I'm wow. hoping we have a repeat of that. I'm hoping history repeats itself. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping too, man. Uh, November today's November third. Did you vote today? I'm gonna do that after I get off the Benny Being Benny podcast. 
we're not going to go into who you vote hey, for. Hey, <laughs> you know, I could have voted this morning, but I had a friend say he's going to call earlier. And I sat around just twiddling my thumbs, waiting on the phone to ring. I could have, I could have already had my vote in. You know what, Wes? You are keeping me on me sharp. You're keeping me on my toes. I am working on my time. I'm working on being punctual. That's the same thing. I'm working at just getting it. So listen, the next time I tell you I'm going to call you at 9 o'clock, it will be 9 o'clock. Or, matter of fact, it will be 8.59. Dude, I don't care. Just listen to this. Listen to this. You tell me you're calling me at 9 o'clock. It's not like I came up with the idea of calling me first thing when you were up. That was your idea. You picked the time. No, I'm, I'm, I am so bad with time management. I am working on it. I swear I'm that working. It was noon at my house, man. It was easy for me. <laughs> tell us about the twins, man. Oh, they're doing great, dude. Uh, it's it's scary, man. Twins, what's going to happen? Um, the only time they really cry is right before they eat, right after they eat. Other than that, they uh, that's it, man. They they're asleep, so they're really late. As a boy and a girl, it's easy. Was it? Is it a boy and girl? No, two boys. Two and boys. They, uh, wow. The okay. Of, the type of so you got two boys. Are, the, the type of twins they are. We won't know until they're older if they're identical or not. It's all about how the eggs split and when the eggs split. And we don't know because we didn't get tested. We didn't find out she had twins until five months in. So it's too late. To well, is, is twins part of your family? Like, no, is that doesn't run in uh, my generic? family, doesn't run in my wife's family. We didn't have any special fertility treatments. It's just some freak thing. I didn't know that was an option, dude. My wife asked for one more kid. I didn't know twins was an option at all. Uh, so, yeah. And we didn't find out till five months. I, I guess we were going to find out if it was I a guess boy or girl. Some magic. Yeah, we were going to find out if it was a boy or girl in the belly, and uh, the nurse is scanning, and she's like, "That's the head, that's a backbone, that's an arm, that's a leg bone." I said, "Oh, it looks like it's holding a ball in its arm and its hand. What is that?" And she said, uh, "That's another head. I'm not qualified for twins." And that chick scooted away from the computer and left the room. And that's how we found out there was twins. Wow, that's crazy. Um. Man, that is bananas. And it's a blessing, man. Blessing to you and your family. Um, I just find it just amazing how you just keep, I don't know, you're just on top of everything by being a husband and father and, and, and new sets of babies. I just have to ask you this. But does any way that's having kids, does it affect your magic in a good way or in a bad way? Is it like motivation or inspiration? Or it's just like the kids are crying. You're like, oh, man, I got to do another trick. No. All right. So I have a guilty conscience as well. I don't know if it's because my dad died when I was young, but I, I want to mm. be there with my kid. I don't want to smother them, but I want to be there. So what hurts me and it hurts my heart is like I'm doing office work or I'm doing something. My little girl says, come here, dad. I want to show you something. I'm working, honey. But I have to. And it, mm. it kills me. Right. But also I have to remember and constantly remind myself that I'm with my daughter 24 hours a day. So yeah. so she can't ever, when she's older, say, you know, my dad wasn't there for me. My dad wasn't. As soon as I'm done with whatever I'm doing, I get up and see. And lots of times she just wants to show me a commercial on television of something she wants for Christmas. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, paper, honey. it's fine. But I have a guilty conscience, man. Every time I tell her no, it, it hurts. But I also don't want to be a pushover. I don't want to, you know, spoil the kid. So it's always it's always a fine line and a, and a you know a, a head game I have to play with myself and you know reassure myself that I'm being a good dad. Um, I also Man, have awesome. an amazing wife, and I'm not just saying that because I know she's going to listen to this podcast later on. 
But my wife yeah, is on sure. top of the kids, man. She is on top of me. She's on top of the house. She pays the bills. She gets the, she keeps everything rolling, man. So it makes my life easy. And, um, wow. and a, a, you know, a story I, I wanted to write a long time ago was growing up, you know, being a magician. You said you date a lot. I dated a whole bunch. And I dated, I yeah. dated everything you can imagine. I had one of everything. And, and okay. I think it was God's way of like a big pinball machine. Tink, 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 just bouncing through all these right. girls. And I know what I have. And I'm so happy what I have. And I know what else is out there. And I'm good. How, how did you know? I love, listen, love you and your wife's relationship. We did a podcast. It was just like hang, us hanging out yeah. with a glass of wine in the living room. Uh, she's so dope. What, how did you know she was the one out of all the girls you dated? And you know, I'm, 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 young, I'm still young. I'm 30. So I'm not, I'm not looking for it. You know what I'm saying? Per se. But, um, I'm just, I'm right now I'm just having fun, but you know, I, I meet a lot of women. I work in the night, nightlife. I work in the clubs. I, I'm doing comedy. How did you know out of all these girls you dated that boom, this is it. I think a lot of times people fall into relationships, you know, they get along, they, they bond, they're with that girl. You're with the girl for three years. All right, well, I guess I'll get married to you. But you don't know what else is out there. Uh, you know, I, I think I think I had to be beat over the head with a girl that I had to take to the shrink twice a week. Uh, I dated an alcoholic. She was fun. She was a partier. You know, I, I dated a little bit of everything, man. And so when I met Natalie, everything just clicked, dude. I, I don't know. I, it just felt right. Everything was right. And, you know. Is it because she was tall, taller than you? No, I never dated a girl taller than me. Never. <laughs> I never dated a girl taller than me. Not, that I, not that I wasn't attracted to him. I just never dated a girl taller than me. Uh, Natalie, Natalie, when I asked her out, it was one of those things where I'd been single for like two weeks. And I just wanted, I just okay. wanted a steak dinner. And I did not want to go to the restaurant by myself. So I'm like, hey, you want to be my friend and go out to this restaurant? You want to go out with me? But, you know, it was a date, but it wasn't really a date because I wasn't thinking anything. She was taller than me. It's not going to work. That was in my head. <laughs> Who said that? Right? <laughs> so that was in my head. And uh, mm -hmm. when we went there and she sat down, she was the same height as me. And uh, I was like, whoa, that's that's weird. That's a neat little magic trick there. And then we hit it off and we had a blast, man. After dinner, I had a convertible. Um and we just went riding around. Neither one of us were partiers. There is no nightclubs where we were. So uh, we just rode over the mountains and, and back roads and just talked and talked and talked with the top down, wind blasting our hair. And um, at like three in the morning, we ended up at a Waffle House just because there's nowhere else to go. And we talked to like five in the morning. And um, wow. and then, you know, I just first of all, I, 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 I grew up in Atlanta. Love Waffle House. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> no, that was the only thing open, dude. I hate a Waffle House. <laughs> You said you hate Waffle House? Oh my God, you are tripping. It's greasy nastiness, man. There's not enough ketchup in the world to make that stuff edible. You're not a nightclub guy. I've been a nightclub guy for the last 12 years of my Waffle House is everything after you leave the club. I always end up at an IHOP. That's where I end up after my losing show. Okay. Then pancakes. Then pancakes is everything. So, so hold on. We 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 just I'm going away off subject. Boom, back to your wife. You met your wife at IHOP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she was um, she was a waitress. And um, we would just joke around all the time. And um, she only saw me. I only worked. Uh, I was doing magic at, like, family night at IHOP and Sunday mornings. So I'd only see her a couple hours a week. And um, one night I asked her out. 
and she was a waitress and she was getting a religion degree from uh, James Madison University. Uh-huh. And uh, once once she graduated, she said, what am I going to do with that? Work in a church basement? Can I come work for you? So uh, wow. I told her, yeah, get in the office and uh, start booking me some magic shows. I said, this will be great. I can cut the grass. I can get some work done. And I was out there getting work done and cutting grass thinking, what else could I do to grow my business? Now I have her in the office. Why am I not in the office as well? Making those 10 contacts a day, trying to find new business, trying to trying to get people on the hook that I can throw over to her desk that she can reel them in the rest of the way. So that's that's how we started our business that way. That is magic right there, man. Well, congrats to you and your wife. Tell her I said, hey. All right. Uh, her, to- right. her token black plan is on the line. There you go. <laughs> man, Wes, I'm a, I'm a fan, bro. Uh, I am a fan of just not just your magic, just who you are. I think you're... Um, the craft is one thing. The person is another thing. I think your spirit and your energy exceeds who you are. And, and and just you doing magic is not even the magic trick. It's just something you do and what you're good at is just a gift. But you're an amazing human being, man. And um, you you make me want to do better, man. And I appreciate you. And I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that because I don't think we do enough of that. We're so quick to tear each other down. Thank you, man. Just the moment you stepped into my life, I'm on it. You got me on it. You got me waking up. You got me being more assertive. You got me being more on time. Punch or not this morning. <laughs> but uh, I just appreciate you as a friend, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Before we do close, is there anything you wanted to touch on or say what you got going on or, or promote anything? Well, I mean, we have the television show. They can check that out. It's on Jewel TV. It's called West Isley's okay. Magic Life. It's a reality show that follows my family around doing 400 shows a year. You won't see the twins wow. in it because it wrapped before the twins were born. But uh, okay, yeah, man. Next season. So that's that's close to my heart. And it's it's okay. family friendly, man. So you can watch it with grandma. You can watch it with the kids. It's it's fun. But it's not it's not cheesy, corny. Um, I think you'll like it. Um, we do a charity project called West Isley's Magic a Giving Project, where I give back in a magical way each month. Like I said, episode 15, okay. I produced a car for Lady and Neat. And we have uh, Wes Isley's podcast, uh, Wes Isley's Magic Life podcast that we do every Wednesday. So uh, wow. until things open up, man, I don't really have a lot of shows on the books, a lot of private stuff, nothing public. But uh, you could check those three projects out. Man, that is so dope, man. Uh, hey, man, um, we're definitely going to check that out. Thank you so much for taking the time out today uh, for getting on my show. Go out there and vote. Wes, uh, you we will be getting doing a two man show at Extreme Comedy Club, Comedy and Magic. I can't wait, man. Dude, I want to get on the road with you, man. Let's do. Uh, we're looking to get, buy an RV. You can come on the road with us, and uh, we're going we're going to hit you know at least the twenty city tour theaters. We'll get it going. Okay, we'll get it going, man. I'm, I can't I'm wait. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you. Yeah, to that. no, that that's what we need to do. I mean, my show that I do now is an hour and a half show with a fifteen minute intermission. And um, I'm putting my wife in boxes, making her vanish, reappear in the back of the audience. We have the big screen where I could do close-up magic in there. But um, having you out there, you know, we can flip a coin one night, whether you close the show or I close the show, or if you just want to MC the thing, we'll work out all the details. But us together, man, it's unstoppable. We'll, we'll, it's unstoppable. Wait, come on. <laughs> five, it's two, easy. and five, five. They can't stop. It's just done. <laughs> it's a done deal. I can't, Hey, I appreciate that, man. And whenever... You want to come to the club. We're, we're actually about to expand the club bigger because of how we've been selling tickets. Whenever you want to come to the club, 
and do a show is yours, man. We can we we can start in Vegas and move our way on down, man. There you go. All right. Well, I'll take the RV there, pick you up. We'll hit the road there. All right, my man. Hey, this has been another episode, the, the first episode of the second season of Being Benny. I have my special guest, Wes Isley. Thank you for coming on the show. And remember this, black don't crack unless you smoke crack. I'm Benny Pitts, and we out. <laughs>